for me as a culturally you know my parents moved here from abroad different country a country dad came from malaysia and you know they would live in a flat and share a flat with a whole bunch of people and the first time they bought our house was you know in their mid 20s when they had me as a child now my dad was working two jobs at the time now those kind of scenarios my generation just have not experienced and we just won't experience until we go through a time like this Hello this is Dr Rowe and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr Rowe and Harms This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. The first thing I want to say is if you have not had a chance, please go listen back to episode number 20. We had two fantastic guests on who approached COVID-19 and the coronavirus and this whole discussion that's going on in the world right now from a very scientific and spiritual approach. So that's a must to episode. Now, moving on to today's episode, we're on episode 21. Normally, every 10 episodes, me and Ro will jump on and we will have a Q&A session based on the best questions that we've received from listeners, either on the Instagram page or from directly to me as a person or Ro's received something. All that. Normally that would be every 10 episodes, but we had these amazing guests on, so we're now moved that to episode number 21. So, welcome to today's special Q&A session based on listeners questions and those are all the people who listen to the growth tribes podcast so massive massive thank you to that and once again just to say amazing thank you to all the listeners at home because we have surpassed the 4000 download milestone which is amazing i'll give you an announcement when we hit 5000 as well so hello welcome to the Q&A show Hi Harms, hi everybody. Thanks a lot. Isn't it amazing over 4000 people and we haven't been going that long. So keep supporting us, keep spreading the word. We really appreciate it. And it's great to see the questions coming in. Interestingly enough, some of the questions that have come in are very much geared around the current situation we're in with COVID-19, aren't they Harms? So yeah. I think we're going to tackle some of those during the course of this podcast. Absolutely. And I, and I think the aim if you're listening today is really just listen to the questions. I would say don't judge the person asking the question because so many of us go through so many different scenarios whether it's emotionally logically how we're feeling at this time because True. all of us are affected in in different ways that we wouldn't even believe and i think one of the things row is me and my beautiful wife gina were discussing is this is such a eye opener on how interconnected we all are and how 
almost like by a fine thread the way we're interconnected. I don't know what your thoughts are with what's happening at the moment in general. Yeah, I, th- I think what we're seeing is an inst. I mean, the currency markets. If you follow the stock market, foreign currency markets, the currency markets move almost instantly. If there's a change in one country, you see an immediate effect in another country. Now, if you go back 20 years ago, it would have been different because information didn't travel as quickly. We're seeing the same thing now with social change and in this case, a viral change around the world. So if you look back historically, as we heard in our interview just previously, that these type of viruses, you know, the, the Black Plague, many of you will know this historically, things like this traveled around the world in certain parts of the country. It was it stayed for a while and then one person would move, carry it with them to somewhere else. And suddenly you've got this spread and the news would travel through merchants and, and people traveling, traveling people. Whereas now that information is so instant, we're connected through, you know, your world, particularly Harminda, which is social media. Families are able to instantly speak to each other. And I think that instantaneous level of communication now is great because it enables us to have these positive engagements like we're doing right now. But equally, the fear can be magnified, probably more so than had you not been able to see it instantly on the phone, instantly on the TV, instantly on your computer. If you'd heard it as a lag two or three weeks later when somebody comes through your village and says, oh, oh the village 25 miles away or you know whatever it is has, has got this disease or half the community have died you would have reacted slightly differently whereas now it's instant so i think we've created a culture where we tend to want to react to things in a very quick way as opposed to a slow way and i think that makes us both stronger but also more fragile i don't know if you understand what i'm trying to say but it's a it's a conflicting experience at the moment for many people especially the young people yeah that makes sense for and also the fact that because things are firing out so instantly we also have an instant opinion, an instant Correct. Thing, thing that we want to say, oh, I've got an opinion on this. And I think that's, we're seeing that like I've never seen it before on social media. We do some things where we where we track what p- customers are saying based on a certain company for certain clients. And, you know, it, just a discussion, instant discussion around certain things that are being said is ugh, crazy. So let's just say, for example, the, the PM makes an announcement Everybody has an instant opinion on that now, but they get to share it. Whereas previously, they maybe they shared it amongst their family, their close friend circle. Now people have this unfiltered approach where they can just share their opinion instantly online to the world. And it's an incredible thing for both, like you said, positive and negative reasons. Well, even, so, even if I look at WhatsApp, somebody sends me a link to, I don't know, it, it could be a conspiratorial type YouTube video about coronavirus. And then somebody else sends another video about half an hour later on the science behind, you know, where this originated from factually. And people are spreading these and it's instant. So you look at it and then there's one reaction was, oh my gosh, shock. Another one, oh, okay, that makes sense logically. So your emotions are being torn left, right and center as a human being. So a lot of the questions that we're seeing coming in, I do understand because of this feeling of being overwhelmed or bombarded. I think we'll be able to tackle that today. We will. And and I think one of the things that without, I just love this subject and topic, which is we have to access and they mentioned this Robin Mel in the previous podcast. When this happens to us instantly, we're almost always on autopilot. So we react with the part of our brain, which is just automatic. Whereas actually to process a piece of information and determine if it's scientifically factual, 
is it a rational thought is it unbiased is it looking at two sides to the same story and the way they're presenting this to actually go through that process we need to access the part of our brain i don't know what the technical term is that actually will think through what we're seeing versus an automatic reaction and that's pretty tough to do when you're getting the information at the speed that we're getting at the moment mm, very true so sure, are you ready Ro, to yeah, dive yeah, into the first let's, question just let's just jump in Okay, so question number one, and, and for listeners at home, I'll ask the question, Ro will answer primarily, and then I'll jump in with a few uh, additional thoughts and opinions on that question as well, just to help out the listeners at home. So question number one, Ro, is I'm a business owner or community leader. So I, I've actually added that community leader part in there because many okay. people are personal brands, they're community leaders, they have groups of people that they manage. So I'm a business owner slash community leader. And I'm getting bombarded with questions regarding what's happening. I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. And just I think this is from an approach of an owner, a leader, somebody who's managing a group of people. And the question really is, what do I do in this situation? Okay, so, I mean, I think what we'll do is if we just work through this, I'll throw some suggestions out there. Maybe if you can then just jump in and add some yourself as well. First of all, if you are in a, a role of being a leader, or you're running a business, first of all, I, t I take my hat off to you because to have got to that stage, you must have committed a lot of time, effort. You will have developed a set of skills, both communication skills, but also emotional resource, resilience skills as well. And you will already have had the ability in the past to deal with situations like this. You wouldn't have built your business or become a leader in the community without having got to that point. So my first my first statement to anyone listening to this is you have the tools within you. You have the resources within you. You have the skills within you. And you certainly have the fortitude, the courage and the strength within you. That would be my first point I'd just like to make. I love that. And that's, that's a powerful statement as well, because it's right. that we, We've discussed this in previous podcasts. Starting, running, building a business is extremely difficult. And in one of the past episodes, we discussed all the dark side of, of running a business. And I spoke about the level of encouragement people are put under right now to hustle and hustle and to go sleep deprived in order to achieve their results and all of this stuff which is being promoted at the moment we discussed that in a previous episode but I, I think I'd like to start off kicking off with the answer really for this which is uh, more of a practical sense which is really just send out a almost a broad communication to this community group or whoever your stakeholder is that you need to have a conversation with and just really let them know that right now you're handling a lot of questions and you will respond. Your intention is to respond to everybody, but there's going to be a level of understandable patience required. And if you look at some of the big companies, we can actually look at them as an example here. Within our advertising agency, we deal with Facebook a lot. Now, Facebook have put up a blanket statement which says all responses, all new ads that are going to be set up, everything is going to take longer than normal. We thank you in advance for your patience. So I think that's probably a good starting point, Ro. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. On, on top of that, I think if you're already in a leadership role or you're running a business, you've got to, you probably already have certain areas of your life in compartmentalized format. But I think this is a time to do it even more so. So picture your desk with filing systems or, or, or in trays on them. As you're being bombarded by all these questions and these different areas of your life, see if you can break your life down into compartments. Now, we created a time management series, and this is going back some time now, 
and I think we've made it available to people. Maybe Harminder, you can mention it all later on. But within that series, we've gone out with a free gift on this one. But in that series, it talks about creating projects, compartmentalizing different parts of what you do in your life. If you're being hit by a load of questions from people, that needs to be a separate compartment it needs to be a separate intray in your mind so you're going to have for example the current situation with your business operating that maybe maintaining your existing clients in your current business it might be that you've got to manage the finances then you've got your personal life you've got to look after your kids if they're privately educated what's going on there so there'll be all these different areas of your life your personal life your health and then there's going to be this new intray this new mental compartment which is you know on it it says bombarded by other people questions from other people external questions stuff that's coming at you from all over the place you need to park them there because if you don't they'll just be spread into everything else you're doing your your brain will feel like spaghetti and you won't be able to clarify how to deal with it i mean that's the first thing i would say to add to what you just said there Hams. awesome i love that well and in the background i was taking some notes because the next thing I'd consider, and the way we're going to answer this, we're probably just going to go back and forth, is right. the way we can enhance our business at this time, actually, is by grouping certain questions together. And the note I was making, just so I don't forget it and remind myself, is think about this. And for those who haven't read the E-Myth and then the new books that E-Myth revisited, is all about systemization. So mm. think of this from a business perspective as an ability to systemize what's happening at the moment. And the way we can do that is by grouping the questions. Now, software and tech companies do this very, very well, i.e. they have a very good online support slash FAQ system online, which is cracking because most of the answers people have, people have for the company, they go there first. So if you imagine the stakeholders are all bombarding you with questions, you can say, please have a look at this help center or, or online FAQ and see if the question is answered there. If it's not, then please complete and escalate your question to us and we'll get to it. So now if you've got staff or you're handling yourself in this way, think about this as an opportunity to create an emergency document or an emergency or even call it a emergency virus document for when mm. things happen like this in the future. You just pull out this document. You've got a set of questions which you know are common because you're getting this. So you look at the silver lining in this example and think, what are the questions that my customers or my stakeholders or even my staff are asking of me during this time? Well, actually, let me document this. Let me put this into a manual. Let me systemize this and turn that into an online guide or an online FAQ, which I can then hand to my staff so they can deal with customers or so I can copy and paste the questions. If I Even if I've got a small client base, it allows me to copy and paste because it's very difficult road to constantly think of an answer for a question. Whereas if the question's similar, you can just copy and paste, copy and paste That's from, right. your, from your systems document. So software and tech companies do this very well. Have a look at a few online software companies and just see how are they doing this in terms of a technical point of view and you'll have your answer there so i think this is a good time to build your systems document and you're right ultimately this is about managing your time as well because if your time's not managed well you feel overwhelmed if you're overwhelmed you feel stressed you get stressed and it affects everything you're doing in the business as well so the concept of having generalized answers which should pretty much answer a majority of questions makes life a lot easier but that then kind of leads us to how do we process what do we process first so i'm stepping a little bit into the time management experience and again i'd encourage you to go and watch that series maybe when we wrap up harminder can just point you to that but think of four categories think of the most 
the things that need to be done now, the most important would be urgent and importance. If you're making notes to this, think of it as a timeline right in front of you is urgent and important. That's the stuff that you just have to do now. That's what that's what typically creates the greatest level of stress or overwhelm. If there's too many things in that category, which is probably what's happening. If you're listening to lots of questions coming at you, you've in your mind put them into the urgent and important because somebody's asked me right now, but it may not be urgent, and important, but your brain thinks it is. So there's urgent and important. Then you've got urgent has to be done pretty damn quickly, but it's not urgent and important. It's urgent but it's not quite at the category of it has to be done now. So urgent important is think of it as now. Urgent, think of it as next. That's the next thing I've got to do, right? If this is urgent important, when I've done that, I've got to do the urgent. But the thing is, by the time you get to the urgent, it's become urgent and important, potentially. So you've got now, urgent and important. Then you've got next, which is urgent. Then you've got the following after next, which is important. So they're important items they haven't quite hit the horizon. So now they're sort of looming. It's like you're driving down the motorway and everyone starts braking. The car in front of you, red lights, five feet away, boom, urgent, important. Four cars down, you can see a car starting to brake. That would be important because you, if you see that, you go, right, I've got to start braking now. So now you know there's something important coming, but it doesn't have to be done right now. It's not urgent and important. It's just important. So that would be the third level out from where you are in terms of timeline. And then furthest away is not important. So you've got not important. And you've also then got beyond that, not important, not urgent. So, I mean, if you want to put a fourth one, it's not important and not urgent. But we're not going to worry about them right now because all we need to focus on at this moment in time is urgent and important am i making sense first of all harms because some people don't get this because so i like think, I, I like they, that they think everything's important and they think yeah everything's urgent. And, and when i first understood this and and tried to harness this myself it was difficult to understand where to put things into a category so i like the way you've described it i using the motorway analogy because that's now made it easier for me to understand where do i have to action something because i agree everything that turns up on your desk right now is all of a sudden important and urgent and it's not really that the case yeah Exactly. And that motorway analogy is, I know, a car broken down in the middle of the highway and you're steaming down the motorway. But you can see it in the distance about five miles away, four miles away, three miles away, whatever it is. And you can see there's something there and there's a few cars starting to break, but you're not there yet. That's in the distance. That's not urgent and it's not important. Had we been on that car and we suddenly saw it at the last minute, bang, the brakes go on. Now it's urgent and important. So this overwhelmed feelings is about moving certain things out of urgent and important and putting them okay so you got to separate you go okay well this isn't urgent important actually it it's important but it's not urgent right let me move that back to stage let me move that two meters away 20 meters away 100 meters away half a mile away whatever we've got to start start to take these areas and move them away from us so immediately in our sphere of influence is stuff that's urgent and has to be done now and it's important if there's something that's important that's not urgent, we move that back a bit. And then we've got to ask ourselves the question, right, can someone else do this? Can I delegate this? Is there somebody that I know that I trust enough to take this on? Equally, what things do I need to do? So there might be a question that's come at you, but you could pass to Harminda's suggestion, which is a generic website or a frequently asked questions, or you just ask somebody to go and have a look at this web page, or you send them on an email, which is a standard answer versus, okay, this is a very personal question that's come at me. 
and it's quite urgent because it's to do with somebody's life or whatever that is immediate and it's urgent i have to do it now otherwise we start to move things out of urgent important and we spread them out to give ourselves time to breathe and give ourselves time to delegate i think that's where i'm going to draw the line there harms have, have i answered that do you think i think you've answered that's fantastic we've answered that question with actually a range of points actually coming from different angles well i, I like it. it was very practical on that one so i'll move on to question number two that's coming yes. from the listeners And that is, I am a positive person by nature. So this person is a positive person by nature, fantastic. But I'm really struggling to deal with the outside negativity. Mm -hmm. So that's the question there. So I'll just repeat that one more time for the listeners. I am a positive person by nature, but I'm really struggling to deal with the outside negativity. So Ro, I'm going to hand this one, put the ball in your court here, because I know this is one of your specialist areas as well. Sort of a statement. And a question, although the question isn't answered, I guess the question is, how do I deal with it, really? How do I yes. deal with this yes. feeling of negativity, even though I'm positive? So I'll jump in, but but if you could add behind it as well. So, we, I mean, I think the first thing for everyone to be aware of is every single person, myself, Harminder, some of the most successful, inspirational people out there will have tough days. Equally, you know, you could be just somebody that's been working for the last 30 or 40 years, nothing in your life has changed massively, but you're happy, you're comfortable, you've got great family life, you go to work, you earn your living, you come back, you have your social structure, you have your kids, and you're comfortable and you enjoy life, but you still have tough days. So whether you're somebody out forging and creating and trying new things, or whether you're somebody that's creating an amazing life at home with you and your family, all of those things are fantastic, but you will have tough days. So don't beat yourself up. I mean, that's the first fundamental message, because I think a lot of us, myself included, when we have a tough day or something happens, you just go, ah, and you kind of immediately feel frustrated with yourself and you want to shake it off. But actually, that's part of life. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I think feeling that bad day, feeling the good day, feeling the day where you're indifferent, I think what we I, I think the danger with what's happening out there online is row and sometimes i think this is where people misunderstand the self-education or personal development industry is that you know it's everybody's a happy clappy super positive person regardless of that you know their world could be falling apart behind them but hey no no it's still a great day and i think that's not what we're saying here you don't have to behave yeah. like that and i think that's that's the message let's pick up on that just for a moment so if you think about the, the generations there's my generation the 50s your generation the 30s you know we've got the millennials we've got the older generation i think it would be fair to say harms that generally speaking the way the younger generation portray their lives outwardly is very much about colorful i've got this i'm driving this i'm doing this everything's amazing whereas i mean again I'm, I'm happy to be challenged on this whereas someone my age group maybe having been through a few bumps and bruises and we've been through shit before we're like yeah you know what <laughs> you do have these shitty days sometimes it's tough and you just got to get on with it but there are tools there are resources there are things you can do we don't necessarily come to the table all shined up all the time for want of a better description does that does that make any sense that does make sense. And I, I would have to, and this is obviously a generalization, but I have to agree with you in the sense that our generation hasn't really experienced a tough time. You know, we've gone through the education process. You pretty much get a job. The hardest thing is going to be getting a job that you expected, but you're putting that into perspective is not the, going to be the end of the world for you at the start. 
So we've not experienced a world war. We've not experienced an, a pandemic or epidemic as as we're experiencing at the moment. Yeah. We've not we've not gone through maybe getting fired, you know, at the peak of our career. We haven't gone from our business around us or the workplace getting completely finished because that particular marketplace wasn't successful. Whatever's happening, like we haven't gone through that or experienced that. For me, as a, a culturally, you know, my parents moved here from abroad different country a country dad came from malaysia and you know they would live in a flat and share a flat with a whole bunch of people and the first time they bought our house was you know in their mid-20s when they had me as a child now my dad was working two jobs at the time now those kind of scenarios my generation just have not experienced and we just won't experience until we go through a time like this so that's one of the reasons i would agree with you in regards to you know, our focus is, is like, hey, we're, and, and that's not saying we should have to go through that. But what I'm saying is we don't have that inbuilt with us. Does that make sense, Will? It does. And, and but, but we're experiencing it now. And I think because of social yes. media, there is definitely a change in the way people are communicating, albeit subtle at the moment. But previously, there's been this sort of feeling of everything's great, etc. and positive. And I think that's where younger generation aren't necessarily or don't have at the moment the tools to deal with the anxiety around the negativity or not even wanting to have negative people around them or not wanting to appear to be negative. In other words, they just want to please everybody. Unfortunately, you can't do that. Mm. It's just not possible to please everybody. So this feeling of how do I deal with negative people? Well, that is unfortunately part of life. Just before you move on to the next point, I think tune in to the podcast. Me and Ro spoke about negative people and yes. uh, in yeah, detail, yeah. actually. And you'll be surprised with the outcome of the podcast and some of the things we discussed. And so I will check that out as well. I'll put that into yeah. the show notes and that'd be growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Uh, so, so I'll put that up there because that's a cracking interview. And I think that answers this in detail. Yeah, Sorry, and, Ro, gonna go and I think on that, on that podcast, one of the other things we talked about is getting the right people around you. So gathering champions around you doesn't need to be a lot of people two three people that you trust like-minded that you can talk to if you're having a tough day or you're just feeling like you've been bombarded by a lot of negativity who can you speak who can you reach out to who's gonna put a smile on your face send you a great message encourage you support you tell you fucking awesome you know we all need one of those people Ideally, we need a handful of them, but it might be that you feel there's only two or three that you trust that are in that space that won't judge you, that are emotionally developed, that themselves grow, enrich themselves and study and are not afraid to remind you that there are negative people out there and you don't have to listen to them because that's also a common thing is that if you don't have a lot of positivity around you, your brain by default will listen to whatever's around it. And if it's negative around it, then it's going to listen to that. So I think gathering the right people around you is a really important thing to do. I love that, Ro. And if you don't, I think one of the questions we naturally get at this point is, well, what if I don't have those people? Well, the first step to go to is number one is have a listen to that podcast. But in a general, broader experience, if you don't have those champions around you. That's OK. If you're a bit worried initially to start the conversation or you just don't have anybody around you like that, that's OK. The next step naturally would be to go listen to positive messages, go listen to solution orientated people, go getters people who are putting out free content and information, valuable pieces of content like we're doing here. And you can find those, you know, via podcasting apps. So do please continue to listen to this podcast. You can find those on YouTube, you know, just type in certain keywords on YouTube. When I was having some tougher days uh, back in the day where I would just go onto YouTube and say motivational video, 
or motivational speech. And it would be a five to seven minute compilation of somebody, some amazing person in the background who's put this motivational speech together. And you can find those on YouTube. Then off the back of that, so that's one part. But if you want to dive in and probably change your mindset a bit or rewire yourself a bit strongly is just focus and read the right books. Um, and well, I'm going to fire the question at you. Have you got any book suggestions? And I know you've done a video on this. I'll try to plug that into the show notes as well. But have you got any book suggestions that you have for the listeners that they may want to start with? You know, they haven't approached a book or they're thinking about, hang on, I've got a bit more time here. What are some books that will allow them to access a bit of more of a positive feel and guide them in the right direction? Well, I mean, I, I'm old school, so I know there's some amazing books mm. out at the moment, but two books that come to mind immediately and both, you know, we're talking about generations back now. One of them is a 77, I think 75 year old now, probably is Les Brown. And that's Live Your Dreams. Fantastic book. First book he ever wrote. Amazing story. If you want to really get an insight into somebody that was put down, down, told he wasn't going to be worth much and yet got back up and just pushed through the negativity les brown so les brown's live your dreams and another great book which is a simplified version of one of his bigger deeper thicker reads tony robbins is notes from a friend and i think if i'm right that the money that's used to purchase that goes towards the charity as well so notes from a friend is a great book to really help you he goes through some simple versions of what he does in his bigger book awaken the giant within and he talks about asking yourself the right questions, talks about the communication, uh, managing negative people around you. It's a sort of book that you could read in an evening and read again the next evening and take something else from it. So they'd be two books I'd recommend. Fantastic. And I'll just add a final book to that, which I read, I think, at the end of last year, which was a fantastic book. And it's on my bookshelf, so I'm looking around to make sure I read it right. It's called The Book of Joy. And it's authored by somebody else, but he's logging a conversation between the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. So these two spiritual leaders are having this conversation around the concept of joy and happiness. So I think that's a fantastic book to explore as well. And again, it's really focused well on having an appreciation of all of those emotions that you would you would have to roll with in terms of a bad day, a good day and everything in between. So I think that's a fantastic book as well. So have you got any final notes for this particular question for the listener? Yeah, I think the other thing that is just to get outside and breathe and, and walk and get some fresh air in your soul. These days, we're, we're so surrounded by technology, gadgets, screens, unnatural light. And if you're living in a flat apartment or you're in an office block where you work, often it's difficult to get out. But if you can find somewhere where at least there's a park, with natural trees, countryside and just walk and just notice be a child again if you go out with a five-year-old child my daughter she'll walk along and she'll stop and she'll she'll look she'll spot a caterpillar or she'll she'll see a flower that looks slightly different or she'll notice a bird on a branch somewhere which you've probably become so numb to because you you just get on and your brain is busy so practicing gratitude being thankful for all the amazing things around you and realizing that we should be grateful for the positive and the negative in our lives the light and the dark and the people that are around us that make us aware of that also help define who we become as well so being grateful for both the people that challenge you and also the people that lift you as well the next listeners question that's come in is this is a wordy one let me get this out there are a lot of people out there who are not adhering to social isolation 
i.e. keeping their distance from each other or staying at home. So basically what they're saying is there's a lot of people out there who are not following the rules, essentially, as I read this. It's getting frustrating. It's really frustrating me and starting to allow me and I'm behaving out of character because of this feeling of frustration, I imagine. How do I stop focusing on others and start to spend that energy on myself? Now, this is an interesting one, Ro, because I've, I'm actually seeing it, you know, online, if you have, you just spend 10 seconds on Facebook and you'll, you'll hear somebody slating somebody off. And sometimes it can be extremely rude and explicit. They're slating somebody else for being outside or not adhering to social distancing, but it, it is starting to bring out a worse side in somebody. And I feel that is possibly because they're frustrated. I, I don't know what the answer there is. So I'm going to fight. I'm going to pass that over to yourself, Ro. But does that question make sense? Yeah, I mean, that question makes a lot of sense. And I think you're absolutely right. This is challenging every one of us. I've had the same reaction to other people reacting to me. You know, just recently we had some people working at our house. They were outside the house and it was a, it was a small group, of, I think a small family, actually, of guys that worked together as well. And they were spread out around the outside of the house. And our house is set in from you know, it's on its own piece of land. And yet a neighbor, not even one of our local neighbors, but somebody happened to be cycling by and apparently then got upset and made a comment about it. And yet they were actually socially distanced and they were on private land and they were working on the outside of the house. There was nobody else there. And I think you're spot on. Everybody will go fall to a natural default position on how they are under pressure under stress mm. our true nature comes out so if you're a, a slightly aggressive person under stress you'll become more aggressive towards other people even though you might be able to keep it under wraps on a day-to-day -day basis if you're somebody that's slightly more depressive or down or negative but you can keep on top of it when things are generally okay. The minute pressure gets on, you start to focus on the negativity. Equally, happy people tend to get even more happy. They almost magnify the nature of who they are. So I think this question is really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this question is really about learning to understand themselves and how to manage that energy. This is what the person is saying is, how can I stop focusing on other people? How can I spend more time focusing on me and managing my emotional state? Is that your interpretation? So that's my interpretation. And I think just to add an additional comment before you answer it, that is my interpretation. But I also think it may be worth mentioning just to have a level of compassion and understanding for somebody else before you verbally abuse them. <laughs> <laughs> because so you said that happened to you, Ro. So me, my beautiful wife, we, we were, well, I mean, she's, she's pregnant. So we were advised by the hospital midwife remote appointment. And they said, get to your local boots, which is here. They searched it for us. And they said, go to the counter. You need to get X, Y, and Z. Uh, I said, great. So we've walked through the town. Hardly anybody's there. The boots is open. Nothing else is open on the high street. Now, walking back from getting that prescription, somebody living in a flat above a shop opens a window and they scream really aggressively at the top of their voice to either us or maybe one or two other people walking to the shop. We're supposed to be in self-isolation. And then they started swearing or whatever, then slam shut their window. Now, that person displayed no compassion or understanding or, you know, why is this person maybe going to the shop or the pharmacy or whatever? But it's it, for some reason, people have given themselves the permission to just abuse other people without any filter. So that's happening in real life and, and online. So I know I've, I've, I've taken it off on a tangent, 
But I think yeah, no, but it's a great point because because the situation with us is, as you know, we literally were without a home on the 31st of the month. We had to move out because of the because our house was being renovated. The builders couldn't work there anymore, and we didn't have certain things finished. The house needed to be weatherproofed, but also we needed the plumber to sort out a toilet for us. And the plumber actually was the person that told me he'd heard this from a local person, and he said to them, "Do you know there's a family there with two kids?" And they haven't got anywhere to actually live. So all that's happened is a few people have gone in to help them out. They're working remotely. I'm working inside the house when nobody else is there. And the other person said, okay, I didn't realize. So one instant look, they made a judgment without actually really. And and did they even need to make that? I don't know. But this is the thing is, and when I heard it, I, I said to the plumber, and in fact, remember I messaged you about this because I was like, I said to him, well, quite frankly they don't it's their opinion maybe they're upset they're angry maybe they're frustrated because their situation has been changed and they've had a bad morning and now they're just having a gripe about somebody else mm. and i think for a lot of the time it's easier to focus on other people and have a moan than it is to take a mirror out and to reflect on ourselves and i think that's something that i'd like to pick up in the answer to this but am i, am I making sense at this stage that does make sense and I, I remember the conversation because i sent you a link where the facts were stated from the government so what we're not recommending listeners do is break the rules what we're saying is operate safely within the rules that have been stated and these are the rules laid out by the government not somebody who's starting a rumor in your local community or whatever it is you know somebody's having a pop at you or somebody's being abusive you know ultimately that's where we're at so i think well yeah please if you can help somebody focus their energy on themselves first i think this automatically gets resolved yeah in my mind there's kind of five elements to this so again if anybody's making notes and this is affecting you this is a powerful process and it's it's something we've done elsewhere we've talked about in different places but if I just condense it very quickly, number one is it's really easy to focus on other people. You can do that. It's probably the easiest thing to do. Or you could just simply shift the focus to yourself and make a decision. I want to grow through this experience, this whole experience with COVID-19, the pressure it's putting on people's financial life, personal life, relationship, health, business, career, without a doubt, unprecedented times so anything you experience will be magnified that's the first thing to be aware of so choose this as an opportunity to become a better person as a result of this experience so whatever is happening to you doesn't have to define who you become you can actually choose to define who you become by reacting to whatever's happening to you really important distinction there so the first thing is take the time to just sit down and redefine in each of the key areas of your life a purpose for each of those areas. And I've said this many times over the years, and, and some people get it, some people don't. And they say, what do you mean? Surely it's just like one life purpose. It doesn't actually have to be that way. For health, for example, you could say, well, let me create a really strong purpose statement around health, how I want my life to be in this current situation, but beyond this situation. How do I want to show up physically? How do I want to show up emotionally? How do I want to change my diet? How do I want to show up as a person from a health perspective? How do I want people to perceive me and how do I want to be perceived? How do I want to perceive myself? So create a sentence, a purpose statement, a paragraph if you can. For me, it's a mini paragraph for each of these areas and make it something that defines who you are as that person in that area. Then you go to the next area, career. So you review your career and you say, OK, how do I want that to look? How do I want it to feel? How do I want it to sound? How do I want to show up as a person? And you create and define 
a purpose statement for that area of your life. Then you talk about relationships and you say, right, so in relationships, how do I want to show up? How do I want to feel? How do I want to look? How do I want to sound? How do I want to be with my partner? How do I want that relationship to feel and look and, and be in years to come? So this is a chance whilst we're sat here in these weeks ahead to work on each of these areas. And in doing that, and, and by the way, if anybody wants to know the process to this, I'm just going to plug my book a little bit here. But the Turning Point book, I know many of you know about this already if you're listening to us, but the Turning Point book that I wrote in 2011 has a six-step process. The last step is exactly this. It's actually looking at your life purposes without looking at one major purpose. I think, Harms, would it be fair to say that a lot of people that you have come across that get frustrated, they're trying to find the purpose in life, but actually their frustration is because they can't find it. Have you come across that as well? Because it's certainly something I've observed. Yeah, and I, I think I had it in the early days. I'm just shocked, well, that you've plugged your book on your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, this, this is your, you can do what you want on this podcast. I know, so, I know. Uh, so yeah, I think when, in my early days, when I, when I shifted out of a career, I felt like I was going to wake up and bang, my purpose will just appear. And then after working through processes and coming coming to one of your past events, which, which was called Turning Point, which was yes. a big event off the back of the book, which was fantastic. Then I started to realize, oh my goodness, yeah, you, you're not just going to wake up and it appears. That sounds lovely. It sounds like a movie. And it's probably why we want it to be real. But there's a process to this. So I, I think 100% grab the book. I'll put it in the, the show notes and then work through steps one to five before you get to six, because then it will make a lot more sense. But that's a great direction on where to go yeah and actually the nice thing about doing this is let's say for the sake of argument you you know you are going to be self-isolated not be able to go back to work for the next four to six weeks whatever you could say right two times a week i'm just going to sit down i'm going to write a purpose statement for each area and you might end up with six different areas and from the back of that then it enables you to then start to get a bigger picture of what your life is and, and the point here is we're getting the mirror out and we're not looking at other people we're not focusing on other people if somebody says something that pisses you off or gets you annoyed just look at it and say well that's not who i am and that's certainly not who i want to be and by doing this for example relationships how do i want my relationships with people to be if you define that it makes it a lot easier to manage those situations because you'll say i want to be more on a... if you said to me, what do you mean by this row i'm still confused if you said right so with other people i want to be more understanding i want to be more empathetic i want to be more of a listener and i want to be less judgmental those four things alone if you define those into a new purpose statement for some for you as a person the next time you hear somebody that says something that pisses you off or used to piss you off you say well hold on let me listen to them let me be more empathetic mm. let me listen to them and let me be more understanding of their their situation and by doing that by creating that purpose statement for just that one area alone you'll handle this a lot better and actually it transpires into everything and it literally it crosses all boundaries when you do this and then of course the next thing then is you've got to get more clarity so off the back of that you say right what inspires me here i am i'm housebound for the next six seven eight weeks whatever it is i'm getting frustrated because i feel like there's things i want to do great what are those things write them down on paper what inspires you think about when you're finally let out the house in months to come and you want to go and live your life differently do you want to walk more? Do you want to climb? Do, do you want Harminder's just recently picked up climbing with myself and my daughter? Your arms? Yes, and I picked it up the three sessions before we were in lockdown. So <laughs> that's true. So I found something that inspired me, and it, but I think this is a question later. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. So the the nice thing is 
think of yourself looking through a window and you're, the window's foggy and dirty and you're slowly cleaning that window over the, over the weeks to come. And the more you clean the window, the clearer the picture comes, the image outside the window becomes. So you can start to say, I want to travel more. I want to give more money to charity. I want to do more for charity. I want to write a book. I want to become a musician. You know, what inspires you? And off the back of that, that will link into your purpose. And then, of course, that also enables you to look at your values and your beliefs. So rather than being judgmental of other people and criticizing other people, start to look inside and say, right, what values do I want to have that are different? What, how do I want to show up differently in the world? What do I want to believe about the world? What do I want to believe about people? What do I want to believe about my own financial success, my career, who I can be and who I, what I can do? And what is the most important thing to me? And I think for a lot of people, Harms, and I think you'll agree with this, is health has floated very rapidly to the top of everybody's hierarchy of needs. Whereas prior to this, everyone's going out and doing whatever they want to do. But now it's like, shit, I need to look after my health. We learned that in our last podcast with, and we already knew this, you and I, but yeah. I think it was magnified by Rob and Mel in their last podcast. Yeah, when we, we specifically spoke about immunity. So health is so dynamic and I think it's got to focus now, whereas if you can't leave the house or you can't go out or you have a more stricter regime at the moment, then health should be up there. I think this is a great time to, and the weather's shifted, you know, we're allowed one day, we're allowed one piece of exercise at the moment, you know, so start running, do something out there, whether it's the walk to get started. But I think yes. I agree, Ro, the health is, I, I wish it wasn't the case that something like this has to happen in order for health to hit the top of your value hierarchy as such. But I guess sometimes it's needed. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think this has been a wake up call for so many people. So in a nutshell, what I'm trying to say is this is a chance to redefine your identity. So if you're reacting to certain things outside you externally and you don't like that reaction, which is really what the question is about, it's I don't like the way I'm reacting to this then take out the mirror. And I've done this several times over the years and still continue to do it. I have to ask myself the question, why did I react like that? Where's that come from? Has that come from past wound, psychic wound? Has it come from a set of beliefs that I thought I'd cleared, but maybe I haven't cleared them? Or has it come from a value that's misaligned and that's why I'm feeling this way towards this person? So if, you, if you're able to become self-reflective in these moments of globally, what is a ma massive challenge, then you will come through this with a whole different sense of who you are and your identity will, I think, will come out a lot stronger. That's my personal view. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I think, Ro, you've, you've explored that question uh, thoroughly there. So I'm going to move on to the next question, if that's Brilliant. okay. So the next question that listeners have posted is, right now I feel like I am experiencing information overload. How do I manage this without completely shutting off? And what I mean, what I think they mean here is completely shutting off all information. So right now I'm feeling like I'm experiencing information overload. How do I manage this without completely shutting off all information? So I think, well, I'll, I'll tackle this first. And I think the simple answer is we have to identify where does the information actually come from? So I think if you just grabbed a piece of paper and said the information that's I'm being overloaded with is coming from here, here, here and here. And I think one of the most powerful sources or one of the places where most of your information is going to be coming from is the social media platforms. That will be accurate for you personally. But I, I believe if you, if you looked at my life, that's where most of my information is coming from amongst a few other sources. So I'd say if social media is one of them, this then allows us to filter down where we're getting all this information from. So I think that's the first thing to, to deal with is number one is 
list out where is all the information sources coming from and then number two start to filter this a really simple example are you getting the same information from facebook instagram and a youtube video and that you watch every single one of those or you read each one of those articles if the answer is yes then can you just strip that down and only take one of those sources suddenly you freed up a whole bunch of time and it doesn't feel like it's information overload because the information is the same it's just coming at you from three different sources and look these guys these powerful machines out there which is which are the social media platforms are all battling for your attention so they're going to hook you in different ways and that's okay but start to filter where you want to receive that from so i think that's a nice easy Mm. one to start with well yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, I would add then and say that now you've done the filtering, you've now got to start to think about, and this goes back to our previous question really about your purpose, your identity, where you want to take things, is in your world right now, looking at what's around you and what needs to be done. This is un- interesting enough. I'd be interested to see if you get the same vibe from your generation as well. But I, I'm speaking to people who, so in the office that I'm in, there's a couple of other people that run businesses uh, in, in the offices here, and they're same sort of age as me. And they're actually looking, going, wow, I hadn't realized just how much I got on my plate. I hadn't realized just how many things I was juggling. I hadn't realized just how many aspirational things I wanted to do or wanted to introduce into my business or into my life. This momentary pause and it literally and it, let's face it, it has only been momentary in terms of certainly here in the uk we're still you know we're into lockdown effectively but I think it's still, about two and a half weeks yeah that's, but it's still it. really yeah. not much longer than a, a typical holiday somebody might take correct mm, correct i think it's the fact that you go on holiday and your end destination is coming back and going to work for most people so they put everything on hold they've got their projects there they go away, they let their brain go, boom, catch some sun, eat some nice food, maybe drink a bit too much, come back, pick it all up again and keep juggling at the same pace. Whereas now people are throwing the balls into the air and instead of thinking I'm going to catch them in two weeks, now they're looking in the air and they're going, shit, I've got months. And actually, let me count these balls for a minute. And think of it as a slow motion movie. All these, you go, oh my God. And there's that one over there. And wait a minute, I never really thought about that. That's what's happening. We're actually in a moment of suspended animation where things are becoming clearer. And yet because of the clear, the clarity of how many things there are to do, there's also a sense of overload because how do I deal with it? All I've ever done is just firefight, which comes back to time management, which comes back to actually prioritizing, having a greater sense of purpose. This experience literally is like suspended animation. So stay focused on what balls are in the air that you can pull down that you are really purposeful about meaning what do you want to do that you know you're passionate about that you know that will get good result and will not distract you from everything else that's going on around you in other words i'm going to give you different variations on this so you can take whichever one think of it as you're fast forwarding in through a movie and you press pause at the point which is really important to watch Everything else is just a blur of you're fast forwarding through it. So stay focused on what's most important in this moment. I know I've got lots of different metaphors there going on there, but does that make any sense at all? The suspended animation, the fast forwarding. I, I think that does make sense. Well, and that's probably what's happened to myself, actually. If you've heard, you know, I've I've sent you a message to say, right, this is a great time for us to to re-strategize. It's a great time for yeah. us to discuss all the things we want to do because everything's paused. I do like that. And now it's a chance to see how much you was juggling because 
it's no longer on your plate. And I think another way to another way to deal with that or to take something away from that experience is how do you feel now you're not having to constantly juggle? Now everything's all the balls are paused into the air and the movie's on pause. How do you feel? Do you actually enjoy this new space that's opened up naturally into your life? Or are you feeling like, oh, I know I need I need some of those balls back? And if so, which ones? So I'd, I'd love this. Yeah. So what would be your final comment to sort of wrap this up yourself? So I'd say my final comment for this would be if I link back to number one, which is right now you filtered you filter down where you're going to get your information sources from. Okay. Now the next step beyond that is when you now receive this information source, take a moment not to react instantly. So what does that mean? Number one is if you read a headline, oh my God, this headline must be factual. This must be the change, the shift in the world that's going to happen. Remember, these headlines are there to catch your attention. That's that's their one purpose. It's been like that on social media. It's also been like that in the newspaper genre and age as well. The headline is there to catch your attention. So don't overly react to the initial headline. Don't overreact to the article or whatever you're reading as well, because remember, this is a filtered piece of information that has been reconstructed or described to you in another way by a journalist or by an author of this. Now, that's not to discredit them, but it's to have and observe what are they writing. Take it as a piece of information and process it rather than react to it. Now, a good telltale sign that you are reacting to it is besides the fact that you're feeling a certain way, is that you instantly forward it to somebody. You instantly send it to your family group or you instantly send it to your friends and say, and with a commentary, or you upload it to Twitter and you say, oh my God, can you believe this is going to happen? I told you so. All of those things that you, you instantly react with in terms of a phrase. So what I would say is process it, take a moment to digest it, and think before you start to spread it because there's a lot a large campaign going out at the moment where which is please do not feed the misinformation beast that is out there and i think it's taken a long time for people to realize this in terms yeah. of the in regards to the authorities but the misinformation beast out there is incredibly powerful because sometimes it's more attractive than the truth uh, Very it's true. more it's more entertaining than the truth because the truth can sometimes be just a bit boring as an example, let's just take uh, vaccines are, you know, if you, if you took two head, headlines, you said, right, one COVID-19 vaccines, a, which Rob explained to us actually in the last podcast, that a vaccine is going to take quite a while for them to create. Whereas a headline which says a vaccine is coming out in three months is way more entertaining. It's the one which has more hope attached to it. So uh, if you just take that example, Probably most people have experienced those headlines. So just try to decode the truth and, and process it a bit. So that'd be my final point on that row before I move on I to like the next that. question. Brilliant. So the next the next question that we have from a listener is, and I, and I like this one a lot because I'm not exactly sure what the answer is because I've never experienced this in my life, which is I live by myself and I'm currently self-isolating. How do I manage this? I am not like others who are living with their family, partner or friends. Do you have any tips here? So that's a that's an interesting one. And, and Ro, have you ever lived for a period of time by yourself? <laughs> Good question, actually. I think mainly when I've been in the mountains going out for 
a month where we, we well it wasn't even my own though it's actually with somebody i was climbing mm. with but in terms of living on my own not really i've either stayed and shared a house with somebody or lived with a partner or obviously been at home but what you have done is you've helped a lot of business owners build their business who are individuals who may yeah, yeah, by yeah, themselves yeah. so that's why i fired the question at you i know you've got experience coaching people here but I was just curious, have you ever, because I've yeah, never, no, it's a good question, you know, for me, it's been a family, then it's been with Correct. Gina, and that's, that's been my sort of living, always living with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've lived, well, actually, yeah, okay, so that, actually, no, come to think of it, when I went through my divorce many years ago, so I can correct myself there, yeah, so I did actually have a period where I was living on my own, I didn't have a partner, so I can, yeah, I, I can, <laughs> that just shows you, that's going back a long time, something <laughs> I, years I just, and um, that's yeah, just a, that's a, a, a sideball question. I just yeah, I just, yeah, that's good. Curious. Curveball, actually, I like that. Having been through that experience, but also just having been around so many people and coached people and worked with them thousands over the years, there's that question comes up in different contexts. So sometimes it's isolation in a job, in a career, in a business, even definitely in relationships. This is slightly different here because we're talking about self isolation in the sense of people being forced. I mean, and this is another conversation for another day. Is it's been forced upon us. I think the easiest way to tackle this is, and, and I'm just talking about what I've seen other people do, we've just done this recently with our own family, is set up a weekly online social get together. Because the beautiful thing about the one thing that you know you, you specialize in social media is that it gives us access to the outside world instantly from our phones. Even when I'm recording this right now, I could pick up my phone, get my daughter to call in to you and I whilst we're recording this podcast and the three of us could be conversing together. And I think that's what's happening. You, you asked this question earlier on, are we becoming more interconnected? I think we are. I think people are actually doing this. And my sister-in-law in Denmark just sent a message through yesterday to, well, she's not my sister-in-law yet, to my fiance's, yeah. my fiance's sister. She um, basically said, oh yeah, we're kind of doing this thing where we get together once a week online. We get our, we all open up a bottle of wine and we drink and chat for beer or whatever. And we just as though we're sitting around at the pub or at a nightclub or in a bar, we're doing that at home and we're socializing that way. And I think that's a great way to do it, actually, because the truth is that people are at home. And yes, it's very easy for people to get lost into Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever your movie choice is, Sky TV. But it's quite nice just to be able to reconnect with people and talk. So yesterday, we unfortunately missed the family one. So we're going to do that this week again, but my daughter's going to connect with her cousins. And, you know, although we are mindful of how much technology she uses at this young age, I want her to find that way of connecting as well. So I think if you're sat at home right now and you're not sure how to connect with people, go back through your list of people that you know, that you've had a good relationship over the years and just reach out to them and say, look, I just wondered, is it possible for us to catch up? Just want to chat, just need somebody to talk to and go through that process. I think that's a great example. And I actually did that last night where with my family, which my brother set up, which oh, is nice. a fantastic idea. And it was it was interesting because I had to break the habit of not talking to anybody to then get on online. So it was almost like, oh, my God, I've been so used to not even interacting with anybody physically. It's like, oh, wow. OK, so this is a great. It's exciting. And there's, fan, there's fantastic video app tools that allow you to do that now as well. Is there any other tips you have for them? The other thing I'm really interested to do myself, and I'm putting my hand up and saying I am going to make a point of doing this, is 
learning something new. So as much as I like to read and study other people out there in the field of personal development, wealth, mindset, business, spirituality, that's part that's part of an ongoing emotional development. But I have to say, it's been a long time since I've learned something new, like an instrument or even a new language. And so I'm just toying between instrument and language at the moment. <laughs> uh, I, my daughter plays the piano and she's been learning for some years now. And I'm quite keen to sit alongside her and get her to teach me that, actually. So that would give me a chance to connect with her give her a chance to teach me which often is a great way to learn or improve your own level of of any sort of instrument but gives me a chance to play an instrument that I've always wanted to play and never got around to doing it so I think it's likely to be the piano however closely behind that if not parallel to that would be getting on and learning Danish which I have not been very good at at all over the years unfortunately the Danes are very good unfortunately or fortunately are very good at English so when I go over there they tend to speak to me in English and even when I sit around a dinner table and we're all the family are all getting together and chatting I can actually pick up a lot of it the dialogue I can understand the the, the, the sort of underlying theme of it but I can't understand the detail of it so yeah. it's whether which one has a priority for me the piano or uh, learning Danish that's that's interesting so I, I like that because that's I've not heard you speak about learning something new like that for a while because the last time we had a conversation which was quite recently actually you had but this is something you learned in the past which was trading so correct it's almost perfectly timed because you didn't predict this as such in terms of the the COVID-19 scenario but you had timed your re re-engaging into trading again so what what triggered that I think because I like to see opportunities when there's a change in the market a lot of people don't necessarily understand this about trading where if you trade currencies or the stock market or the currencies is a bit more liquid it moves a lot quicker you can generate a profit whether the market's growing or falling and those as we were going into covid i thought actually i'm going to have some time now to focus and open up a computer and look at patterns and i think i sat with you for about half an hour and we were looking at some examples weren't we yeah uh, so i think my example will be if i was to learn something or, or expand in the area it would certainly be trading because you, you got me hooked in that uh, th- 45 minute tutorial that you gave me <laughs> brilliant <laughs> uh, and i think if you want to explore that side of things so instruments learning new language is fantastic but i touched upon more of a either a wealth health those kind of personal development areas that I think definitely come spend some time in the Growth Tribes vault. We just go to growthtribes.com and click on education and then you'll see that there's a vault there and it's full of so many programs. So I think when we answer these questions, you know, sometimes people have said to me, how does Roe know all that? How does Harms, how are you coming up with the answers to these questions? Well, actually, you know, Dr. Roe, in terms of his personal brand, has put together these programs over decades. So whether it's in health, wealth, uh, finding your purpose, understanding who you are, discovering your value hierarchy, all of the things that we spoke about time management, all of the things that we speak about in these podcasts are actually there in four, five, six, seven part video series within the Growth Tribes vault. And I just want to clarify that because I'm not sure every listener is aware of that. You, you know, you can you can go in there and you can either pay a subscription fee. At the moment, it's things something like twenty-seven pound a month, and you get access to the entire vault. So I think this is an opportune time, whilst there's an actual time slot for us to learn, to go dive into some of those and actually get some guidance. and And Rose almost video coaching you through that. 
or if there's a individual course that you've got your eye on, you know, you can purchase those individually and they range from 10 to 20 pounds. So super, super affordable as a video e-learning course. And then you can always, you know, off the back of that, then we've got a face private Facebook group. Come ask us some questions in that as well. So that's what I will also be doing, Ro, is plugging into some of those videos that I have not even watched yet. You know, I've been a part of the team that's helped mm. set everything up. Yeah. But looking at a few of the more of the advanced series that you would take, you know, after you've understood the purpose, understood the time management and start to explore some of those more advanced series. There's a lot. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of content there. Uh, there's even guided visualizations. Uh, there's one that I take people through where you can go back and meet your ancestors in an, in an unconscious state. It's like a hypnotic journey. It's beautiful. And there's others that are more uplifting in a different way. So it's just things and material that are put together over the years and we continue to add to it and interesting enough somebody just recently asked me you know where is all your stuff because she you, i think i sent you a quick message actually she'd had gone through a guided visualization about eight years ago at one of my events and it was a recording that we had and it changed her life and i, I sent you the short message she sent me yeah and she said is there any way to get access to that and i said well funnily enough we have that with along with a whole of, of other stuff in the vault now so yeah go have a listen it's great stuff yeah so i think if there's ever a topic and you're like mm, i would love to explore that more or i'm hooked by this this answer this answer makes sense to me so let me understand the entire process and be coached through it via a video series then just just go explore it have a look there's a chat app on the website as well so you if, if you're unsure which is the right course for you just chat to myself or one of the team on the website as well. So that's that's available also. So I would say if you are have the time and you want to explore that, then certainly come have a look at what's on the Growth Tribes Vault. There's tons of stuff, tons. You you will leave lockdown a groan. Just 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 <laughs> your head will be full of a whole bunch of new ideas. It's it's a very exciting platform there. So go check that out. Okay, Rose. So we're on to the final question. Okay. I feel like my property business has come to a complete stop. And this is a, actually, this is a question that we pulled directly off a Facebook live. Me and you did to handle anxiety to a group of property, property investors. Okay. So yeah. this is one of those that I pulled from there actually to, to help them out because we didn't have time to answer it there. So it's, I feel like my property business has come to a complete stop. I had expectations and I had goals for this year. And I feel like it's all just been ruined. I'm not quite sure what to do now. And I'm, and I'm feeling like this and I, I can relate to this, you know, me and my wife had goals and expectations for quarter one this year, whether they're financial, whether they are in terms of business growth and all of that came to a standstill. So I do appreciate where this person's coming from. So Ro, over to you, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you may not be a property investor, but I think, think of this as I'm sure. Well, okay. So my first answer is there are literally thousands of aspirational people out there mm. who uh, have aspired to start a new business maybe i mean the students that are finishing off their degrees and they're wanting to oh sorry well they've either finished off their degrees and going to a career and that career suddenly come to a halt in other words hasn't even started yet because the company can't take anybody on i know of young actors that are, their whole career's just kind of gone on hold they were hoping to get into a movie or into a show that's gone on hold business startups suddenly stopped banks aren't lending or you know, there's just no market for it graduates universe school leavers going on to university and they, they they can't get into university i mean it's it's across everything mm. so if you're if you're listening to this and you're a property investor yes agreed things will be slow if you just start in the journey but frankly 
everybody's situation is slow at the moment. Just think back to what we just talked about, suspended animation. So all the balls are in the air. Now it's a time while they're in the air to start to pull them down, have a good look at them and then put the ones that aren't relevant back up there, but pull the ones that are relevant closer as well. So this is about preparation, 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 preparation. This is the time to roll up the sleeves, get on the Internet. If you have to get your pen and paper out, get your journals out and start to really study back into the subject. I'm going to generalize this and then I'm going to bring it back narrow. So general, generalizing meaning whatever the subject was that you were starting to do before COVID-19 came along, whether it was property or the stock market, starting up a new business, online business, Amazon business, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, start to study again. So go back if you've visited, if you've been on courses, if you've attended courses, if you've enrolled for online courses or you've been to physical courses like some of the seminars that maybe that we run on property, whatever it is, go back and pull out those notes and just go back through them. See if you can really magnify the knowledge that you had from the first time you went through it. Understand the strategies around for the property investors. Look at the different strategies. Look at the different markets, social housing, asylum seekers, HMOs, buy to let properties, buying and selling, lease options, rent to rent, a service accommodation. Certain property strategies right now will be operating better than others. That's not to say that you should only focus on one, but be aware of all of them and ask questions about each one and say, well, what would be a good strategy right now to start to look at so that when we come off the back of COVID-19 and the coronavirus has gone through its course and the governments have told us what we can and can't do and we're back out now in the field, we can start to focus. But right now, the key is all about preparation. It's like getting the engine ready, getting the tires ready, cleaning the air, you know, getting the fuel in the car making sure the indicate your car is revving up and it's ready. We just can't get out off the start line at the moment. That's what this is about. It's about research and studying and understanding the strategies. I'm going to hand it back to you if there's anything you want to add to that. Yeah, I think I'm just going to add the fact that, you know, if listeners are ever curious about what we do in the background, that's exactly what we're doing, Ro. So me and G are running numbers and numbers and numbers at key points in the country where we invest and we're running tens and tens and tens of, I, I, I imagine, I hope by the end of this, we've run almost a thousand cash flow calculations based on what's happening out there in terms of purchase prices, income that we can achieve, what does this fit into our clients' criteria for our sourcing company. So all of that is happening in the background because I think you've nailed it. It's all about just preparing so that you can come out the blocks flying when that the start gun is fired again because right now I, I feel like everything is suspended. Everything is stopped and paused. So I'm so grateful we can continue to do these podcasts because we've hedged a part of the business so that it is online. So that's a that's a part of it to consider as well. But prepare, yeah. prepare, prepare. At the end of the day, you know, I know we've you're generalizing, but property can be slow anyway. So you could have secured your first deal at the start of this and it could have taken three months to to go through conveyancing, to finally complete the purchase, etc. So if that's happening, it's just going to be an even slower process. But property is slow, so I think just ride that wave knowing exactly. it's going to be slightly I'm, slower. I'm, I know you're facing it, we're facing it with some of our properties, either refinancing or selling at the moment, getting them you know, the work started to get them tenanted. 
I've got various stages in, in different parts of the country and going through the same challenge. So it's not it's not unique to one individual. We're all facing it. I think if you're new, though, and this this question comes back to somebody who's on the journey to the start mm. is having done what we've just talked about. Now you narrow down into specific areas. So whether it's a thousand calculations or 500 or 200, whatever it is, you're narrowing down into a specific area so that you can see that when the market opens up and I can start to go and visit, speak to agents, arrange viewings, those are the areas that are going to work. And you will literally find it down to postcodes or zip codes or whichever country you're listening in. There'll be certain areas of a town that work really well for cash flow calculation. There'll be other areas that work better for buying and renovating and selling. There'll be certain areas that are good for multiple occupancy or multiple tenants or shared accommodation or boarding houses, they call them in Australia, whatever country you're listening to this from. There'll be certain areas of a town that work really well for that and not other areas. That this is your chance to narrow, narrow, narrow down. Get your areas, start contacting agents and showing them that you've got an interest in that area such that when the doors open and the market opens back up again, you're going to be moving fast. You're not going to be starting and saying, right, what do I do next? You already know what's going to happen next. And the last thing I would say is stay in touch with property networks. There's some cracking networks that you can be associated with. If you've come through an education company, they will have most likely their own network. I would stay tuned to those ones. Be mindful of some of the ones that are out there that are very general. I think it's important to stay close to the ones that are taught by a group of investors that have been around a while, they've got an established track record and that are doing it rather than they've only been around for a year or two. They're one man bands and they're telling everybody I've done you know, a zillion properties when in fact they haven't and they haven't got a lot of experience. So I think stay in touch with a small group of people that you trust you know your mentors your coaches the people that have motivated you but also educated you and that in fact we're doing that tonight Harmenda you and I are doing a, a live to a group of people I think the database or the Facebook group is about 8,000 people I don't know how people are going to watch us tonight but we're doing something similar aren't we I think we had something like 2,000 watches off okay. last week or two weeks Brilliant. ago when we did it for them as well uh, which is where this question has come from so I'm excited for that tonight that'd be fantastic and I think yeah a lot of these networks are private and they're private because the people in there are actually active. They are doing what you would like to be doing. So I think, yeah, certainly get plugged in with them. And those who are listening uh, may be aware of those anyway uh, within your regions. So I think that's that's some great tips there Ro, for somebody who's just paused. Because I think one of the, looking at it from a heart space as well, is you're so excited, you know, and, and you're excited to start a business. You're excited to start a project. Yeah. We're excited to, I'm just making it wider now again, so we can, because it's the last question, so we can finish this episode off. And you are, that becomes your whole world and your focus. And the startup journey, which we help many online businesses with, is one of the most exciting parts where you can put all this creative ideas in, the research and all that, the process that goes into it. And for that excitement to just suddenly be halted, it's is not easy to take as well. So I don't think what you're saying, Ro, is just just deal with it you know there's a lot of people out there just saying just deal with it it is what it is but what we're saying is just refocus that energy that excitement into an into a space where when that when it's time to go again you even from a competitive point of view you're just ahead of all of the competition because you spent this time wisely yeah exactly I think for me on a personal wrap before I hand back over to you as well, Harms, is just to say to the listeners, you know, we thank you for all your support and for listening to us over these weeks that have gone by. I love 
dealing with these questions because they're real questions. So as we evolve as a podcast and as you evolve as listeners to our podcast, please feel free to send through a question. We would be more than happy to answer it. We are going to be bringing more guests on as well to give you some slight sneaks into this. We're, we're going to be looking at family planning. So, for example, from a will perspective, how do you manage your the safety of your family when you pass away, for example? We've got another gentleman who is a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gold medalist and specialist in cage fighting, martial arts, but also an incredible coach. And you know, I classify him as a champion of champions. And we've asked him to come on and talk to us about the mindset of champions and how he integrates that into the work that he does with people as well so we've got a lot ahead over the coming weeks and months haven't we harms we have and i'm so excited for that as well because having having experienced the guests on last week's episode episode number 20 it was an eye-opener that when you have a conversation and we ask these questions to these experts it's just like wow they really are experts within their field so it's so exciting and and almost humbling as well to have them on to share their wisdom and it's it's getting it from the horse's mouth as such so uh thanks for that final note Ro. i'm super excited for the upcoming episodes and also just echoing what Roa said thank you massively for listeners and supports over this time as well and we'll continue recording these episodes for the listeners so on that note thanks for posting the questions i hope the answers have been valuable and remember the question that you have will apply to lots of other people as well in their own context of what's happening within their life. So once again, thanks for posting these questions. That's myself and Ro signing off for this week's episode. We'll see you on the next one. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, you can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.